This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's Jim Mallard here. Welcome to the Mallard Report. The Mallard Report is recorded in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things. Robert Clotworthy. On the Mallard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Mallard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcast, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. Welcome everybody in. I, I, I keep saying, I go back and forth about this, I keep saying I'm going to stop saying goodnight because I know people listen via the podcast in the morning, but I say good evening anyways. So, they'll just have to deal with being offended for... I'll try. And my Australian listener said I should say good day because that covers everybody, but... Well, I haven't got there yet. I don't... I don't this doesn't feel natural saying something that isn't mine. I don't know. But anyways... <laughs> my guest tonight is Carla Car- Brandon, or Byron. Jeez, a piece. Adding letters to your last Baron. name. Oh, how are you doing tonight? Baron. Oh, how are you doing, Natalie? Butch- I, 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 there we go. Yeah. I managed to butcher the simplest last name in the history of the show. Well, you know, it's it's quite all right. Um, so, Jim, talk to me. I don't yeah. know why I followed you, but I have this weird, like, I was drawn to it. And I'm like, I rarely follow podcast people. Yeah. But I, noticed I don't that. know, like, I was just drawn you... to it, and, and I followed you on Twitter. I know. Well, I think we're going to find out why tonight. So we're going we're gonna to get through this, because... We, we cross, I don't want to say we cross paths a lot, because obviously we just started talking today, but our, you, you do crime, and I've done some crime, and you do some paranormal, and you, I, do, I do some paranormal, and you are a psychic, so we check a lot of boxes of common interest. Well, and that's pretty much why the algorithm on Twitter probably showed you, you know, showed your site to me, and I got on there and followed and said, okay. I'm listening to the universe as I tend to do. Um, you know, let's. What have you seen of mine or nothing? I've seen your website in the brief form this afternoon while we were while we were talking, setting this interview up. And right. so, I know you're a psychic medium, and I know I know you've done a bunch of TV, and you were doing some readings this afternoon. So. We well, go. have you ever seen, did you watch Court TV and True TV during the whole haunting evidence series? I, I think I did right. see some of that, so I might have seen you, but I don't, I don't remember. It didn't stick well, but I did see some of it. Right. Because I see so many and things, it's bad. Famous. What about <laughs> MTV Sphere? I know you've seen that. Yes, I have seen that, So, but it does, none of it stuck, though. Which is ridiculous. I mean, well, I, I, but I see all this stuff, and it kind of all blurs together after a while. Well, that's my point exactly. Um, you know, I took a picture actually on uh, for History Channel. I was working the Alcatraz episode, and they were doing Mystery Quest. So I was filming during, I believe it was Easter weekend. Yes, it was because I was flying on Easter, and I said, "Guys, what's the story with this?" So I get to Alcatraz. I'm by myself. I'm just kind of bored and waiting for them to set up and it's 5.30 in the morning so I start shooting photos of empty cells in cell block D and you know just to entertain myself and I'm walking around with the paranormal investigator not so sure he was one because all he did was kind of read temperature to me like (laughs) during the whole thing (laughs) And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, I was going to say, that's not, I mean. Telling me, 
about the drop in temperature, the ambient temperature around me, and I, I tried to stay serious, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to leave. I just was walking around and trying to, you know, get a sense of the energy around the field. And, you know, since I worked on fear, I was around a lot of very pristine, um, you know, areas, some of which, some of those locations hadn't be, been visited by human beings for like 300 years. So we were in areas where, number one, we were wondering if we were going to make it out alive, number two, and you had to sign this contract with MTB saying, if you die, you can't sue us, or your family or your estate can't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so they had everybody sign that release, you know, because they didn't know. So they said, you can't sue us. There's nothing, you know, we, we take no responsibility. And I said, all right, so I'm on my own. Um, and a lot of stuff happened on that series. But when I got to... You know, I'm filming at Alcatraz. I'm thinking, oh, my God, everyone in the world has been up here. Every paranormal investigator, every psychic medium on the planet that's done any television at all has been up here. So I was just kind of sitting around doing nothing, and I had to stay warm. It was July. No, it wasn't July. It was it was Easter, so it was like May. But it was so freaking cold, and... I, I just remembered thinking, if I don't walk around, I'm, I'm never going to wake up. So I started walking around with this guy, and I said, hold this utility flashlight so I can just take shots of what's going on in the cells. And he had no idea what I was doing this for. I said, just, just humor me and just, you know, walk with me. So he did, and he took the utility flashlight I gave him, and that's all we had. Now, I didn't have a smartphone in 2009 because I was so busy filming all the time, I didn't have time to go buy one. That's what was going on. So I had a Nokia 6102i flip phone, which, if you remember back, you <laughs> I cannot <do>. manipulate. <laughs> you cannot manipulate those photos. You yeah. can't edit them on the SIM card. It's what it is, right? <laughs> yeah, so, as bad as it was, too. I mean, comparatively speaking, today, today. Exactly. So I was taking photos as I was walking around for an hour. They said, go entertain yourself. So I was walking in cell block D. I think it was cell number 14. As I remember, it was like the last one. And there's nothing in these cells. Like, zero furniture, no lighting, nothing, just shadows and whatever. So that's why the utility flashlight. So I have this guy hold it. I said, hold it straight and just let me snap off pictures in space, and let's just see what happens. And I must have taken 60 photos, walking around, seeing what this was, and... You know, it it just happened to be my grandfather's birthday who had crossed over, and I was wishing him a happy birthday right before I started. And my grandmother was married to him for over 50 years, and they were just inseparable, and she had just crossed over. So I was wishing him a happy birthday right before I started snapping off photos. So we're walking along. Okay, I filmed my thing for history I get to the airport, but before I get to the airport, I'm on the ferry going back to the hotel to gather all my stuff, which I had two seconds not to pack, and they gave me Easter candy, so I had, like, chocolate, <laughs> gathering chocolate, and um, going to the airport. On the way to the airport, I'm, like, going through the photos. And it just, and this one, I almost deleted it. It it looked like a big ball of light. That's all it looked like. So, on that 
Nokia 6102i flip phone, you're you're able to enlarge the photo. So I enlarged it by one. And all of a sudden, this, this woman's face starts flying at me. And I'm like, oh, my. I almost dropped the phone. I almost ruined my phone. And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's such detail on this thing. And I've posted it numerous times. In fact, tonight, when we're finished, I'm going to post it again, and then you can repost it on your site, the photo I'm talking about. This is by far, by far, the 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 most compelling evidence for the afterlife I have ever seen. I have ever seen. I have seen lots of stuff. People send it to me all the time. As you know, they probably do it with you too. Oh, they don't so much and anymore because I never mind. <laughs> you stopped. It. I just I you know I. I stopped it on my site because I'm like, look, you know, but you can wearing. She's wearing an evening gown in the middle of a cell in cell block D at Alcatraz. You can see how her hair is coiffed. She looks to be about 30 years of age. You can she has her arms outstretched. I mean, it's not just particles of dust. Okay, I mean, this is a fully formed entire apparition, almost solid. It was almost solid. And I actually sent the photo to history. They paid me to use it on the episode. They said, what the hell is that? I said, I know. He said, where did you get that? I said I was standing in cell block D, like I think it was cell number 14, and taking pictures in all of them. And this one has a picture of a fully formed uh, spiritual apparition. It's a woman. You can see that it has an empire waistline, the gown. The gown has small, tiny pleats in it. I mean, that's how much detail there is. She's wearing a belt on the gown. It's belted. Her hair is kind of like a light brown color. And it looked kind of like the color my grandmother's hair was when she was that age. And I got to thinking, okay, I'm going to show this to my mother and ask her, is that my grandmother? Is that your mother? Because she's the reason I became a psychic. And I was just talking to her moments before I snapped off the photo. Wishing my grandfather a happy birthday. So, you know, (laughs) looking at this going, could it be her? Now, what I know from the thousands of readings I've done in my lifetime, when a spirit or an apparition or a loved one appears to you, they usually come as the age, you know, representing the age that they felt most like themselves, that they were in their own skin, that they projected, okay, this is me. And that's the age they will appear to you. Not the age you might have remembered them as, you know, but the age that they felt the most like themselves. So that's my theory on that. I sent it to um, a couple of people to have it verified, um, you know, and uh, I actually, Lloyd Auerbach, I sent it to him. I said, what is this? And what is this connection to me? Because I'm thinking it's my grandmother. And he confirmed that, you know, through his psychic sources, through his people. And I don't know if you know who he is. Do you know who he is? I know who he is. He was on the show, oh, God, 10 years ago. So that's, Okay. Takes me back. Lloyd. Yeah. My buddy. Lloyd. I yeah. sent it to him because he, he was, I was like, Lloyd, tell me what the hell this is. Because I respect only, you know, this is the thing with being a Scorpio. There are very few people that I will actually go to for confirmation very few and he was one of them 
So I, you know, asked him to confirm this. And the thing was, I couldn't have manipulated the photo. In fact, when I took it to various production companies because they wanted to see it, first of all, they laughed at me when they saw the flip phone. They're like, oh, my God, we haven't seen one of those in so many years. And I said, shut up. I didn't have time to buy a smartphone because I've been working and filming for all these channels, and I didn't have time. I was traveling all over the place, and I needed a phone that was super small that fit in my hand and I could travel with, and I stuck with that until I got home. You know, of course, now I have a smartphone, (laughs) you know, my latest Samsung Galaxy. But all I'm saying is, is that the photo, can I send the photo to you right now? Yeah. Can I like send it right now? Yeah. And and I'll send it to um, your Twitter. I'll send it as a DM. Okay. And then I'm going to show you this thing, um, because you're going to freak out. You're going to be like, "Oh my god!" And this has no filter on it as far as coloring or anything. Hold on. Let me see. Oh, it's on my desktop. Never mind. <laughs> Okay, here it comes. It's coming to your DM right now. There it is. The photo I speak. Okay, so I just, I literally just got it, and what the hell is that? I know. I know. And the funny thing is the beams on the wall make that cross. That that was freaky, too, but... I mean, look at her. Yeah, that's... And you can put it through your testing and whatever, but I couldn't have... I couldn't I couldn't have... No. You know, done this. I couldn't have superimposed that image, especially the way the light is behind her, and you can tell she's coming out and she's reaching forward. And the fact that her bodice on her gown is a different color from the skirt part. Yeah, because even... I mean, talk to me. Yeah, because... Okay. So, no, what she's describing here is is accurate. And for you, anti now, Well, we're going to get this in the podcast notes for sure so people can see it when they're listening to it. And for you live people, I'll get it to you here in a second once we get rolling again. But i got to look at it. I can't really look and send because that would be ridiculous. Uh, but because I want to talk about it for a minute, um, even if, if you, you're thinking it's a flashlight reflection, there's nothing reflective back there that I can see. And if it was a reflection, it right. doesn't reflect like anything I've ever seen. And there's no light well, source back there. Circular. It doesn't have a circular flashlight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there's no, you know, reflection that usually happens if it bounces off a wall. And the projection, I mean, the detail in the face is insane. Like, I blew it up a couple of times, and then I put some color filters on it. Because you know how those Nokia phones were, those (laughs) phones, they were all like, all all the tint was, everything was tinted blue-green. Everything. There was nothing you could do. (laughs) So, okay, I'm going to send this to uh, Gio, who's in the chat room. If I can get okay. my phone to work um, on Twitter as well via private message there. Uh, German Town Runner, I'm going to send it to you via private message on Twitter. I know it isn't your favorite website, but you got to see this, so hop over there for a second. And I'm going to send it to Kat and Brian Bowden on Facebook so they can take a look at it. And Kim, because she's in the chat room as well. So I'm going to send this to them via Facebook because that's where they're at. And then we'll continue the show okay. here in about five seconds after I get all these messages sent. Actually, so you mentioned, you you mentioned, uh, I'll give, uh, prime you to give me a story here. Tell, so you said you were going to show your mother. What did she say? My mother has yet to see this and she better see it soon because first of all, she doesn't even know how to operate a smartphone. So like I have to get somebody to have her look at it because she's refusing to look at technology like the television is the biggest technology that she's willing to look at so um so i have to you know i i got her to admit to me right before mother's day that she wants to see it and now she's excited to see it um 
currently my my brother is dying of cancer um and he has only like a couple of weeks left so i was doing a reading for her to give i broke my own rule and i was doing a reading for her giving her uh, an idea of about how long my timing if people have read with me they know if you go on my my website and you put in the search bar, you put the word timing, all the testimonials from every psychic reading I have ever done that deal with timing. I mean, sometimes I get it down to the actual day. So that's my thing. Some people, like Tyler Henry, you know, they they can say names, like first names or whatever. They can pull that out of the ethers. For me, it's timing and places, like if I'm shown an exact city or an exact location, which made me good on crime scenes, which is why that started, because it was a puzzle and I could figure it out. And my mind works that way that I couldn't stop until I figured it out, until I saw every detail. And I was able to slow my movements in my psychic mind. I was able to slow it down and do a 360-degree turn and look at everything so that I had a mostly photographic memory of everything I saw, all the details. What are they wearing on their feet? What is in their hands? What is in the surrounding area? You know, and I would look at these details, and that's what I would proffer to whatever law enforcement agency I happen to be working with, or the family. I mean, truth be told, if I had to say who I like working with better, I, I hands down, the family. It's about the family. It's about that love, that dynamic with them. It's Law enforcement is like taking a crowbar. Oh, my God. I would, you know. And then once they were on board and they saw that I knew what I was doing, then they tried to get readings for themselves instead of working on the case. I mean, it was pathetic. I, I was not happy with that. Mm -mm, not happy. So the family was the most pure way for me to go. And that was always my choice. So. Sorry. No, you're fine. Admitting so. That. A few things, yeah. a little housekeeping here. Uh, freaky, wow. Um, I missed somebody else's comment, but that, it's been one word responses so far, which is which is priceless. Um, for some reason, it just popped up and asked <laughs> if I wanted to do this Windows update. Of course, they don't, but of course, Windows has its own mind. So if I just randomly disappeared, no, it was Windows. Nothing you said. Uh, okay. <laughs> just throwing that out there for everybody because it seems to be one of the well, it's not Friday the 13th anymore but it was close enough that we should just mention that right why is Windows doing an update in the middle of us recording no. uh, just because because you know you know that's why yeah and uh, okay uh, love and uh, positive thoughts for your brother from the chat room as well and for me I guess I should not be so single thank them out. you yeah. Uh, you so, know, it's just, I, I, I didn't really tell anybody on social media because it's sort of private, but, but, you know, it's, we're kind of waiting, so, you know, we're in waiting mode. You, we, we, and, we mentioned your, your we're, we'll, get out, we'll get you out of here. Okay, so you mentioned your mother, right? You, you, she wants to see this picture and you've done a reading for her, but take me back. Let's go back a few days. There, I was nice. Uh -huh. And uh, the first time that you started seeing things and hearing things, in that conversation, how did that go? With my mother? Yeah. Um, well, she burned all my stuff. <laughs> we had seven fireplaces in this house. And um, both houses that I grew up in, my, my father and mother designed it with an architect. And, you know, they built them from the ground up. So we lived in the woods on numerous acres and you know it was large and it was in a very small town in pennsylvania so let oh, me wait. just say that well wait wait wait, not... wait very small town what? of pennsylvania i'm from pennsylvania what side of pennsylvania i'm not saying because i have stalkers but let's say central, central. okay well 
Well, you could tell me later via message. Just I just want I, I just will. had the front. You you were mentioning these random connections, and there's another one. Okay, sorry. Okay, so as as I'm growing up, you know, I mean, I think this happened when I was 11, and I'd just gone to see my first psychic with my grandmother, who I think is that photo. I think that's yeah. her at okay. age 30. Okay, and she's the reason I became a psychic in the first place. So she fostered all that in me. You know, and I was late. I was 11, and I said, why the hell did you wait this long to tell me about Mary? And Mary was in the Poconos, you know. Yeah. It was like a whole day trip. Like, cars were lined around the block for three blocks, and people from the tri-state area would drive in to see this woman. It was insane. She was an old Italian woman that lived on top of this hill, she had a cataract in her one eye, so my mother was trying to scare me, saying, don't look at her eye, don't look at her eye. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I will be just fine. And I loved her so much when I first met her that she started reading playing cards, which is actually what I read with now. That's what I started with. I went to tarot cards, you know, just to change it up a little bit in the middle. And I'm back to regular playing cards again because that's how I was first introduced to this. And it's my own language with myself, and it's the easiest thing for me to work with. It's something to do with my hands, something to establish what I call a personal rhythm, and it keeps me in the zone throughout the entire reading. So Tyler Henry scribbles on a pad of paper. That's how he gets there. Uh, John Edward, he, you'll notice he does rhythmic motions with his hands, you know, almost like dancing. He does rhythmic motions with his hands, and we all do it. We all do it. If you study every well-known, top-of-their-game psychic medium out there, if you study them and look at how they move, they all have a rhythm that they get into, you know, whatever it is. So... I'm like 11 years old, I think, and my mother had just, for some reason, she was on a kick. She was reading all the scary novels like The Omen and The Exorcist or whatever, and she had just read The Exorcist, and she was convinced that I was possessed, right? Right. Because I owned a Ouija board. You know, I was possessed. <laughs> So she asked me to bring all my stuff to her, my tarot cards, my, I, you know, my Ouija board, my, I, I had so much stuff. I had so many books. And I said, why do you want to see this? And she said, just bring it to me. I just want to take a look at it. She took everything and threw it into the fireplace. She burned it, everything. And I, at that point, I didn't speak to her for a couple of decades after that, to be honest. Um, I just looked at her and I said, I can't believe you just did that. I mean, it was almost like she sealed the deal. Like, okay, now I know what I, I need to do. Now I know who I'm going to be. Now I know what my calling is. Because everything I had, I had to rebuild from scratch again, which I did. And I, I, I actually spent her money buying it all, and she never did. <laughs> actually, took my mother's money and spent, you know, and replenished everything she burned, you know, because I would, uh, you know, it was important. So now we're friends. My mother and I are now friends again, which is kind of weird. We circled back, and now she wants to see this photo. She didn't want to see it before because she and my grandmother never got along, kind of like me and her. But they never got along. They fought tooth and nail, you know. But now she's sort of forgiven her, and, and she wants to take a look at the photo. So, you know, tragic things happen when you choose a life path, let me just say. You know, it wasn't what I started out wanting to do. 
I was actually going to be the next American Idol. I was a singer. So it's not what I started with. It's not what I went to school for. I mean, I went to Carnegie Mellon. You know, I was a voice major, piano major. I was both. And I was a musician. So there was none of this. And when I went to see this woman, Mary, who read cards on her kitchen table, she had one of those, you know, red and white plastic, you know, Italian. Yeah, the red and white plastic Italian tablecloth that you wipe off with a sponge, you know, that one. She always had sauce going on the stove, like pretty much 10 feet away from us. And there were... um, she was extremely Catholic, and there were holy water stations in each room, actual holy water from the church, and statues of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph everywhere. I mean, it was like stepping into, you know, a nunnery. I mean, I was just, you know, but I loved her. Anyway, so I remember her telling me, She said, and I won't reveal what age, but she said, at this particular age, and she said the exact number, she said, the world will know who you are. That's when everyone's going to know who you are. And I said, oh, as a singer, you know, because I was so happy. I was like, oh, good. I'm going to be a famous singer. She said, no. She said, you're going to do what I do. But everyone will know who you are. And I said, what? I mean, I I got into it with her. I mean, she and I got into a fight. You know, I said, no, that's not what I want. I love doing readings, you know, on the side, but it wasn't something I wanted at that point. It wasn't what I had worked for. Today, I can tell you, I am so happy it happened this way, you know? (laughs) And that everything changed and I became this. Because I have never, I would never have felt this fulfilled. In my entire life, I never would have had this sense of complete joy waking up doing what I do every day. If I had pursued the path I thought I was supposed to be on. So... There you go. So, okay, so you kind of, you dabbled around this bad pun. Uh, (laughs) I know, I sort of went, like, in various circles, like, try to follow the map, follow along, okay? But um, what is your pressing question now? My pressing question is, you've went from entertainment, for the lack of a better word, to Mm -hmm. psychic medium. How, how, build that bridge for me a little bit more. I mean, I know you said you didn't want to get too far into it, but I, I want to dig a little bit more into that. Cause... Well, I mean, I was always doing readings, even when I was in college. I mean, they were lining up around the block like they were for Mary, you know. Uh, they, so, so it wasn't, like, it wasn't night, necessarily as far apart as I think it is. Okay. Yeah. So basically, you know, everybody's drunk at Saturday night and they're, they're lining. And I said, look, people, make an appointment. I cannot have you showing up at my apartment. <laughs> You know, and they would all show up for readings with their $10, which is how much I charged during college to do readings. Because I'm like, okay, well, they don't have any money. So, you know, they have to pay me for my time and my efforts. So that's what I was doing. Um, and it, it word spread by mouth that I was nailing it. And I was like, this, oh, my God, you have to go see her. You know, and people were showing up. I was sleeping, and they would knock on my door. I said, "Look, guys, we gotta we gotta have a schedule here." You know, I have to get up and and take a final tomorrow. <laughs> you know, um, so that's how it sort of started. So I was always doing it. So- I was I, I I was always hanging out in graveyards, believe it or not, in cemeteries. <laughs> just to be in the quiet. That's where I was just going to ask you. I said, because that's probably the only place on earth you got some peace and quiet. Yeah, and I was, like, I remember hanging out in this cemetery near my house, 
in Pennsylvania. So I remember like going there just to be quiet and to be with my own thoughts. And I felt at peace, you know. So it started with that. I mean, I was I was absorbing anything paranormal, ghost-related, spirit-related. I studied every religion on this planet. Every religion. And what did you figure like, out? What did you figure there. out there? <laughs> what did what? I figure out? Yeah, I mean, because that's a lot of study. And so you had to come out with some something out of all that study. That, that, that when you boiled it down, the core of every religion on this planet is basically the same. You know? And there were very simple concepts that came from each. And so that's why I was never like a religious person with everybody. Even though I was raised Roman Catholic, I I was my church organist for 10 years. So that tells you, you know, I was, <laughs> you know, I, I was with the priests and the nuns all the time. But I, I saw a common thread through each religion. So it was like a language to me. It was like a language, a belief system. The belief systems were all intertwined. They were all the same. They just sort of branched out from different places. That's how it was to me. So it was languages. That's what it was. Language of belief. And I would I would look at it like that when I speak to people. So that I knew I sort of psychically you know, sensed how I could approach a certain topic with them, you know, of the afterlife, of someone that had just crossed over, of a baby they had just lost in miscarriage, you know, or whatever it was, you know, and I knew the beliefs they had been raised with, but it was to bring them to a sense of understanding and comprehension about that moment so that they could absorb the lesson, the life lesson that came with it, and to move on and to use it in such a way to help themselves on the rest of their path so they wouldn't get stuck. So many people get stuck in those moments and, you know, either of hatred or, or you know, loss or... You know, they're, they're paralyzed, and they don't know how to get out of it. And that's my job to figure out how to help them manage that, how to help them navigate that moment to take the best of it and to go forward with it and to always remember that moment, but to, you know, not just look at it like this thing that devastated you, you know? So same with the good moments. There's so many good moments that we see. And to not get all sucked up in the good moments either. To not to not get so full of yourself that you forget why you're here. You know? Oh, you're funny. Years ago I wanted to cut a promo for the show about the uh, yeah. the angel problem this guy was having, you know. His kids were getting straight A's, his life cooked and cleaned. His boss offered him a big promotion. You know, like he every, everything in his life was just going right. And he needed somebody to hunt that angel down and remove it because his life was just going too well. You know, just because you always hear about the, the demons and the dark side of everything, but you never hear anybody talking about the good side of things. Well, and that's the thing. It's all about balance, isn't it? Yeah. It's all about the balance of being able to balance those moments and take the best of it. You know, take from it what you were supposed to learn and carry with you, and then don't get don't get all like wrapped up in it. So many people are so wrapped up in money, you know, like oh, I got to make this exact amount each month so that I can do this and that. It's like why limit yourself? Why put that ceiling on it? Why give it that much gravity or importance? And that's why they will never have money because they they assign too much of importance to it, you know. And I understand that everybody's got to pay their bills, but there's a way to do it without assigning importance to that. There's a magical property about that that I have been able to learn, and I pass it on to the people that I read. 
you know, because I I had a friend who was a, a designer. Uh, he worked with another designer, and they have a huge design firm here in Los Angeles. And um, he was pretty much my, my first friend here. His name was Michael. And um, he and his gay partner, Thomas, uh, you know, they were trying to make ends meet and whatever, but they had zero dollars. And, I mean, he was down to his last penny. And I told him, I said, every morning, get up and say to yourself and say to the universe, I will always have more than I need. I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know when. I don't know in what manner, but the universe will take care of me. So mote it be, so mote it be, so mote it be. I was in, you know, my stuff with that. So I told him that. I said, wake up every day and say that, and before you go to bed, say it. He's a millionaire now. (laughs) And he was struggling to pay his rent. He asked me for $300. He needed to borrow $300. I said, well, I don't lend money for that same reason. But I said, say this. And he had triple that amount within seven days. So there's a manifesting property about that, but it's not assigning so much importance to all these these earthly stupid things you'll never think about once you cross over. You will never think about these things. Doing your taxes, who you voted for, you know, the argument you got in over gun control or whatever it was, you know, what you will remember are those events where it took your breath away. And they could be really small events, like holding a brand new baby, a newborn baby in your arms or something, or or your first pet, you know, or, you know, like working on your first piece of art, you know, or whatever it is. And, you know, it's it's something that you've got to remember when you leave, you will not be thinking about these things, about how much money you didn't have to pay whatever. It will never even cross your mind because I have conversations with those that have crossed how many times, thousands of times over my lifetime, and not once has anybody, in fact, they, they express regret for having gone there and, and like, been obsessed about you know, earthly material things to the point where they couldn't even live their life. They couldn't even be happy with like the small stuff, you know? Oh yeah. So, so I don't know why I'm going off on these tangents. <laughs> I, there's something with you that brings it out of me. So it's your fault. <laughs> no, it's all good. So I, I, I got another, I want to tee you up on another one. Um, yeah. You mentioned people waking you up, but let's talk about the other side. Have you, um, can you flip it? I don't want to say on and off, but that really makes it easy for me to explain to you what I'm trying to talk to you about. You know, going somewhere, like say going to get some groceries. Are you, you know, I don't want to go uh, Teresa Caputo picking people up at the, the grocery store and all that bit, but can you leave it? Can you shut it on and off, I guess? Is, yeah, I guess that is probably the only way to ask that I question. Am, I, am one of, I am one of the few people that can control my own universe and I control when it happens and you know that it could be because I'm a Scorpio so that's part of the problem you know it's I'm in control of that and um, I don't let the inmates run the asylum let's just say that um, and you know, I can hold on it's funny <laughs> it's funny because we were they were talking about golf in the chat room so I said tee this one up bad pun to them right and you just said let the in, in, inmates run the asylum and they were talking about bringing it full circle and there you were talking about prison jokes see it's all full circle oh wow okay okay <laughs> sorry so, I just found that fascinating too now that I totally derailed you know, your train I, of thought you know, the thing is, is that it's not that it never happens, but it usually happens when I'm sleeping, um, where um, those that have crossed will try to have conversations with me. My sister killed herself and about 10 years ago, and she uh, she took drugs and, you know, like, 
you know, did the Heath Ledger cocktail to take her life. And she had just gotten married the second time and whatever, and he woke up to, you know, her body. That's what happened. And she went to, you know, I mean, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. And she went to three doctors, and they gave her three prescriptions, and she just OD'd, you know. And she checked out. The thing is, is that not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, it was her birthday on May 4th, right? And that was the day I did the reading for my mother with my brother who's dying, which was weird because that's the day she called me. She said, can you tell me how long? I know it's not your thing and it's, it's you know, your rule that you don't do this. But she said, I need to know how long before I bury my second child. You know, I have to get ready. And, you know, so I did the reading. But it happened to be on this, my sister's birthday. And um, that morning before my mother called, I had a conversation with my sister and I said, look, you know, I can't absolve you of all this. This is your lesson. You, it will be a while before you're given the gift of life again. That's the only thing with taking your own life. It's such a precious gift. You can't just toss it aside because you're tired or because you don't want to take it anymore or because you're you're just, you know, you want to check out. It's, it's a gift, and you won't be given that gift again until you're fully, you know, the light workers have a chance to work on you and you understand why you did it and why it was wrong to throw away that gift, you know, because it takes a lot of planning to have each lifetime and choose the parents that you choose, the family that you choose, the karmic relationships for all those life lessons that you choose. It, You know, there's a lot of intricate stuff that goes on, and you throw it away instead of trying to find another way. There's always another way, Right. So she's having that conversation with me before I wake up, and I'm like, look, I can't take this away for you. This is your thing. You've got to learn. You've got to see what it was and look, take a really hard look at what you did. You'll be able to come back again, but it'll take longer for you. And she's isolated right now. That's what happens. They become isolated, and they work on them, you know, with a healing light and you know, healing their aura to seal up those holes, you know, which caused them to do that act in the first place. So all I'm saying is this is some serious stuff, and I work on a lot of murder cases, a lot of very high-profile missing persons and, you know, abductions, and, um, you know, it's rough territory. But... I'm equipped for it because I try not to get emotional while it's going on and I look at it like a puzzle that needs to be solved. Not every case is going to solve in the span of an hour while you're doing the reading. That's what most people didn't understand. Like, oh, well, if you know so much, how come you didn't solve uh, JonBenet Ramsey or like this? You know, it doesn't happen that way. It happens with All the elements have to come together in just the right order. All the souls that are involved have to come together with the group karma. It all has to happen so that the higher lesson for everyone is is observed and assimilated, and we absorb it. You know, if, if we could just solve cases like that, boom, 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 just like that, There's no lesson learned there. Yeah, it's happy for the family, maybe some closure and whatever, but that's not why it happened in the first place. A lot of times it has to do with group karma, and the sick, sad part about it is is this earth is just treacherous with what human beings will do to one another, you know? I mean, the lessons we learn here are very physical, very difficult. 
It's not like other planes where they're just mental planes or spiritual planes, you know, where there's life beyond the earth, you know, where they don't have to deal with such treachery, but the earth is very physical. Wow, we're getting into it. <laughs> I was going to say, we're deep into it. And then I, I look at the time and I'm like, oh, good grief. But that's okay. I like I like the time, uh, right? It's going fast, which is good. Which, But okay, so you mentioned how the world is. And I know you've been doing readings, but I don't want to put you on the spot, but I kind of do, so bear with me. Is there any mm-hmm. general-based messages for the world right now? I am keeping a close eye on Russia. And if you look at my website where the testimonials are, you'll see the predictions I did for 2020. If you just put 2020 in the search bar, you'll see them. I predicted Joe Biden that morning. And I said Pennsylvania because I saw a P. And it's actually the screenshots of everything I said on Twitter. I said I said, perhaps Pennsylvania will put us over the top because I woke up seeing a pea would be our saving grace. And I said, and it didn't look good at that point. It looked like, you know, the other guy was going to, you know, take it. And it didn't look good for Biden at that point. So I was making a prediction, saying, but I stuck with it. And it turned out Pennsylvania put us over the top. And I'm not even registered to vote, okay? So I have no affiliation with any party, nothing. And I do that on purpose so that I could read in a very clean, you know, clear manner that I'm not biased, okay? And the predictions I made about COVID and what was going to happen with the mask, a lot of that happened. And how we came to recover. And I said, we're not out of the woods yet until like 2023. You know, and a lot of those predictions are there. The thing is, is that if I see stuff like that, the the latest predictions I made about Russia, the earth is on a tipping point right now. It is very, very close to a possible world war and you know because so many will come to help the other one it turns into a world war it's not because we all hate Russia so much it's more that countries are, are banding together like they did before in in aiding their their fellow you know world travelers, you know, hey, we don't want this to happen to you. We're coming aboard. But I see a very real chance at that and a very real chance at civil war number two. Yeah, it seems like we're bubbling on something. I'm not exactly sure what, but as much as I don't want to think about um, it. It's, it's something that we should just put in the back of our minds and not be shocked by, but be prepared for, you know, just so, in case. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to file this question because I'm fun with it. Um, when, somebody wanted me to ask you about space and somebody wanted me to ask you about, do you see animals? And today was the UFO hearing in Congress. So I'm just going to throw out this big open-ended question for you and you can run okay. with it for a few minutes here about other things besides people out there that you may have come across in readings. Okay, are 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 we speaking of what? other than humans? Yeah, humans outside outside yeah. planet Earth, aliens, or aliens or, or animals or just other, a, anything, other anything course, besides humans out there. Of course, there are, and you know, I, um, you know, I had a dream when I was younger. I I'll never forget this dream. I remembered being on a planet that. Um, where I was not human, but I was highly evolved, but I was more like aquatic, you know, like, like, like ocean life or something. I remembered my body was like not a human body or a 
bipedal type of body. Um, and I remembered looking at it going, okay, what was I learning there? But um, it was a highly evolved society, and we spoke not with our mouths, but um, with our thoughts. You know, it was just thought projection. And everything that was built was built by thought projection. It had nothing to do with actually lifting a finger to do it. And I, I, it was so highly evolved, I could barely comprehend it. And I was shown a glimpse of that lifetime, and it stuck with me. The details in that dream were so profound. I know other people have dreams about being abducted, and, you know, they have scars, you know, where they shouldn't have scars. They had implants. I've read some people that have, that have been taken. And you know what? It's, it's not something to take lightly. So sometimes when I read them, I know that it, it didn't really happen. So I, I broached that very carefully. But in some of the instances, it really did. And mainly abductions are happening so that other other life forms can learn about how far we've come. What is our progress? Are we a threat to the universe? You know, are we worthy of the gift of life that we've been given? You know, a lot of it is, is about study. You know, not about coming and destroying us. You know, I, I think, you know, where you see entertainment movies that cover this, they, they, you know, the content is more about, you know, oh, these other alien worlds want to overtake us and take our planet because theirs is dying. And, you know, what? It, that's not what it is at all. A lot of this is about higher learning and about learning about other species. It's similar to Star Trek and the way that, you know, the prime directive was, you know, similar to that, where they would see other life forms or whatever, but they knew that they couldn't get involved with them. They couldn't alter their life path, you know, but they could observe. And it's similar to that. So I, I, Did that mean anything? Oh, it meant a lot. So I, I promised you we'd do this. We were talking earlier. Um, and then I look at the time and I haven't done it yet, which is just embarrassing on my part. Um, what's your website and where can people find you and all that good stuff? <laughs> well, it's basically my name, which you mangled in the beginning. Yeah, I was going to say, let's circle back, circle back around on this one and make fun of me some more. This yeah, is let's, let's talk about how you, okay. So it's Carla Baron, C-A-R-L-A-B-A-R-O-N dot net or dot com, either one. And it points you to all of my website stuff. And the only social media I'm on is Twitter, believe it or not. I just, for some reason, I feel at home there. I'm verified there. I'm also verified on Google. So you'll see the little blue check mark. And, uh, you know, it's hey, authentic. So Hey, I, I love Twitter too, So, but I'm not verified, so I don't know what that's worth. Well, there, well, in my case, it helped because there were so many people trying to, you know, with fake accounts trying to be me. It was just, I, I was laughing at some of them going, oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? You know, like, and, and, you know, I was invited to be verified, actually. The, the good people at Twitter actually sent me an email and said, can we complete this process? We'd like to verify you. And I said, okay. And for some reason, I'm verified, but the other people on the shows that I were on, they they were not. So I got this special invitation. I feel so special. I was going to say, it sounds like oh you, you, you got it. Okay, so I've got one more question in about 30 seconds, so buckle yeah. up. Favorite <laughs> breakfast? What do you, What's your go-to breakfast? Um, currently, it's my apple pie with raspberries it's my impossible apple pie with raspberries i make it with pink lady apples and i put fresh raspberries in it and i have it a la mode 
with my old-fashioned vanilla ice cream by Tillamook. <laughs> Favorite. And then coffee to follow. Yeah, I know. It's the weirdest breakfast. No, it's it sounds great. It's the Thanks, Carla. <laughs> Have, have a good night. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share, all the fun stuff. You know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.